Do you have a story to tell? Here at Rider on the Road, it's the journey that matters. Regardless of where you are on your riding journey, Rider on the Road will inspire you to take your dreams and make them happen. So sit back and enjoy the show as Melinda brings you guests who know what it's like to go it alone and who are willing to reach out to the rest of us by sharing their stories. Authors, publishers, entrepreneurs, people at all stages of the riding journey, just like you and me. It's time, dear listeners, to answer the question for yourselves. Do you have a story to tell? Welcome to episode 146 of Writer on the Road and what a special episode it is. I'm so very excited to bring you an up-and-coming indie author, Michael Evans. And his chat today coincides with the launch of our Author Success Stories magazine and it's our special indie issue. So I'm really privileged to chat with Michael today and for a young man who is only just starting out on his indie author career, he shows us how to do it properly. Already at the age of 16, he's learnt uh, a lot from his journey and he shares those mistakes with us. But more importantly, he shows us how to build an author career from the ground up. What also excites me is his his branding and it's boundless. He talks about how we can all grow together and our energies are boundless. And after chatting with him this morning, I've got to tell you that I'm really keen to get back into my own writing. I hope he has the same impact on you. So for all our Indian hybrid authors out there, go grab yourself a pen and paper. Michael's got some great advice for all of us, including how to work social media to all our advantages. It's it's really great stuff. He's got some great tidbits for us, and he's an amazing speaker. And if you haven't already, pop over to Writer on the Road and subscribe to our Author Success Stories magazine. This month is a special indie edition and it's got some more great advice for those of us who are trying to do it alone uh, but discover that we need a whole world of help to go along with us. And welcome to another episode of Writer on the Road. Uh, Today I have with me a young adult author and futurist. I'd like to welcome Michael Evans. Hi, Michael. Hi, how's it going? Good. Now, this young man has blown me away. I've been talking about him for a while now and the professionalism with which he's approaching his career. He's building an author brand from the ground up and doing an amazing job of it. I've been following him around social media. I've been following his marketing efforts. And for someone so young, I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more about him. I liken him to a young Adam Croft, uh, which is pretty amazing stuff. Uh, Michael, first of all, I'd like you to start and tell us a little bit about the books that you write. Yes. So um, as of right now, I have three books and four novellas out in the Control Freak series. And the Control Freak series is a young adult post-apocalyptic thriller series that follows Natalie and her two best friends on their journey to get their um, life and family back that was stolen from the government. Um, after the great crash, um, trillions of dollars were lost. And then after Protocol Zero Zero is enacted, a secret government program, um, thousands of lives are thousands of lives are ended and millions of people are taken away from their families. So um, pretty much the book opens up, the first book in the Control Freak series, with this dystopic world of um, this despotic leader rising to power after the great crash. And he takes that power and uses it to enact a secret program. Um, and this also is kind of 
after Natalie's father, the main character, disappears, who is a scientist in Area 51. So there's kind of a little mystery behind the story. And um, Natalie, who's the main protagonist, has to follow. Um, she has to pretty much follow her. Well, first of all, survive and escape the government who's trying to kill her. And then in the end, she needs to try and follow her dad's path to try and get answers to where her family is. And this eventually ends up into her um, being involved in the whole conflict of the country. And um, then it gets into the second and third book. And um, well, I guess I left out the whole climax of the first book. I won't spoil anything, but um, the whole series I wrote to kind of highlight my view on the negative impacts of what technology, specifically nanobots, could be in the future. Nanobots, maybe some people know, it's kind of nerdy, but um, they're pretty much like little robots that can go in the brain or self-replicate outside of um, outside of the body and can be used for lots of amazing things. But I thought it'd be cool to write about what happens if they're used for bad. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much overview of what I've written so far, which is the Control Freak series. Yeah. Now I'm sitting here, everyone. I knew straight away that I was going to uh, be out of my depth in this one. Um, Michael is a futurist and a science, uh, I guess, I think you called yourself a geek or a nerd. Uh, And you put that, one of the things that you wrote in your query letter to me, and I'll talk about query letters in a little bit, uh, you wrote that you want to um, send a message in your novels, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. The main, um, the, there's always a main message in all my novels, um, or at least I plan to, um, and so far in my novels, and I hope to keep doing this for the rest of my life. I have a, hopefully a long life to live, but if not, you know, I've, I've had a good time while I'm here, but I won't get too morbid. Hopefully we don't end up in the same world as control freaks, but in my books, I try and highlight the darker aspects of the future to hopefully promote and, um, encourage people in today's world to bring up conversations about some negative aspects of our future and hopefully move towards a a brighter one, a good one. So um, that's kind of the main drive behind my novels, but I also like to highlight um, each of my books, different themes covering mental health. Um, Pretty much Natalie, the main focus is mental health issues that I see surrounding teens today. So there's always something that I'm trying to get across to help people. And um, I mean, with any book, I think you want to entertain people, but also give them the ability and tools and um, a world to escape in that hopefully can show them how to love themselves more, love life more, and be happier. So that's really the core of everything I write. And um, also always having a future-minded um, uh, way about things and trying to hopefully make an impact um, and have my stories be part of a larger narrative trying to drive the world to a better place. Yeah. Now, I wish you could see this guy, everyone. Uh, The passion uh, with which you speak, Michael, is, uh, I guess, absolutely amazing. Now, Michael is still in high school, everyone, and he's going to take a gap year next year and write full time. Now, you heard what he's already achieved without writing full time. He does that around the edges of his life. Uh, You have or you're coming up to be a keynote speaker at the Young Eager Writers Conference and you're directing a writer's masterclass. Oh. Two things there. What, the first one is about finding your voice. Yes, yeah. So for me with writing, especially um, since it is a young writers conference, so it's um, with teens, um, I think the biggest tip that I'd have for any writer um, and the one big thing that I'll be focusing on in the conference is what I consider the foundation of my own writing, which is voice. And voice is kind of like, that's a big term. So what I consider my voice is the personality that comes through in my writing that when I describe an event, 
makes it unique to me because there's not really um there's some novel really great ideas um that come up in literature and new trends that are started but all in all most ideas aren't like crazy unique they're just kind of like there you can compare them to other novels like i compare my novels to the darkest minds or divergent and that's a good thing you don't you know it's hard to be groundbreaking and new always but you want to be groundbreaking and new in your storytelling since we all have a different voice and way about us so i try to one with finding my voice um and trying to have a strong foundation of who i am what my values are um what my personality is and being comfortable with it so i can communicate that through a story um and i guess all storytellers like are reflected in their novels. So even if I'm a, a different character in it, I do have to recognize that that's my portrayal of it. Like when Natalie struggles with anxiety or um, Ethan's kind of a more snarky character, that's my version of what a snarky character is. And it's being able to recognize that and be able to be authentic. And that's kind of the surround, um, the basis of finding your voice and why I chose it. Because I think voice is what makes a great novel. Um, and I always am trying to refine my own voice in my own work. Yeah, voice is what makes a great novel, everyone. Uh, now I'm guessing there are a lot of um, people listening here to this podcast and it's taken us many, many years to trust our voices because it can be very scary and we're fear-driven. Uh, and especially when we're indies and we don't have anyone guiding us uh, like a publisher and we have to rely on our own voice. Now, at that same conference, you are talking about boundlessness and I think this is going to be the crux of who, who you become known as, isn't it? Tell us a little bit more about this boundlessness that you talk about. Yes. So um, boundless. Um, well, my, my, my publishing, what I publish my books under is Boundless Press, my own little imprint. But boundless in itself is the core um, mindset of what I try to live my life by and um, what I hope to promote and get out there and hopefully have other people live their life by. I want it to become the core of my brand as I move forward into hopefully doing YouTube in my gap year and certainly being even more consistent on Instagram and with the newsletter list. But um, what boundless is to me um, is the idea that in life, our goals, um, our desires, our dreams, our happiness, our love, our anything, any experience, we should try to pursue boundlessly. We live boundlessly. So that means that when you tell yourself in your mind, like, um, and this is for any indie author, this is definitely something like, I can't do it. I can't write that next book or I can't sell that next thousand copies. When you tell yourself, when you set a limit for yourself, you're already, you're already telling yourself you, you can't do it. And that's, that's not the mindset you want to have. I always tell myself that I can do anything I put my mind to. And the biggest thing about being boundless is recognizing that I can't do that alone. Um, I, I can't, I can't sell a thousand copies just by myself. I can certainly write a book by myself, but I can't write a good book by myself. I need a team of beta readers, art readers, an editor. I need a team of people around me, which is why Boundless, the core of it is together we are boundless. That's kind of like the motto I live my life by. And in that, it means that we accept people from all different backgrounds, um, ethnicities, religions, ages. That doesn't matter. Together, more people, the better. The more people working towards um, the common goal, everyone wants to be happy. Everyone wants to feel loved and have a great life. And we can all do that together. And that's kind of what being boundless is, hoping that the future of our world, the future of our lives, the future of everything is limitless. It's boundless, but only for together. And um, I hope like, at least in my country that I live in America is right now extremely, extremely divided politically. And that's definitely not unique across the world. And um, although um, debate is healthy, um, it's more important to remember 
that really the common goals of our future and the common things that we want in this moment are very, very similar. And that it's more important to stand together in that as writers, um, as indie authors, but also as just citizens of this world. And that's what I try to promote. Um, so it's, it's a hopefully a very positive, um, refreshing mindset that um, I try to live my life by and I hope can impact others positively too. Yeah. Now, this is exciting stuff, everyone. I feel like I'm sitting here talking to my own daughter. And if anyone makes a mistake of thinking we aren't in great hands um, when it comes to our futures, you've just got to listen to some of these guys talk. Uh, Just the passion that you share there, uh, Michael, is amazing. Uh, But that also dovetails very nicely into building your author career from the ground up. Now, you talked there about next year becoming more consistent with your newsletters and your YouTube and your getting your message out there. We all dream of that. We all want to do that. I'm, I'm now 57, 150 podcast episodes, and I'm still saying I'm going to do that one day. Yet somehow you convinced me that you will actually do that. So that whole, I guess that whole setting up your brand and getting it right from the beginning with your boundless press, that's taken a lot of thought, I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah. I planned, um, pretty much every, uh, thing I planned out from the beginning, um, the core philosophy of it all, um, the whole author brand, uh, I hope to even, um, expand into beyond like books are my main thing, but with boundless, it could become, um, you know, like merchandise too. There's some other indie authors who have clothes, clothing lines with their related to their books. I hope boundless can kind of become something like that. And, more of a movement that is personified or exemplified in my literature and my stories. I just, I'm, I'm writing down the quotes as, as Michael says them, everybody. Now I'm the teacher. Um, Michael could be one of my students and I'm listening to him and leaning forward into the mic. It's amazing. Uh, now you live by the quote, normal is boring, uh, which I, which I love. And I had that written down before, but you talk about boundless being more than just books uh, you call yourself an indie or a creative indie as opposed to an indie publisher, and and you already have that big picture pl- uh, stuff in place. How are you doing all that while you're still at school? Yeah, um, for me, it's all about um, I, I definitely work hard and probably should get a little bit more sleep, um, but that's okay. I do get enough sleep. But um, the big thing for me is prioritizing my time and trying to be really um, – trying to spend time with things I love. I think a lot of people um, can waste time and um, not saying I'm always perfect about that, but I try and limit my wasted time and be as productive as possible. Um, so that like um, with homework in school, I, I come home, um, I'll get my homework done. But before I have homework, I a lot, it's about an hour to an hour and a half each day of writing time that I'll do every day. And then I'll get homework done and then I'll do marketing and research, um, just reading about books. Sometimes I'll be reading a book or sometimes nights I'll get caught up reading about um, different ways to market books, what's going on in the indie world and the traditional world. And I try to just structure that in every night there it's a habit. And I think for people who go like, oh, that sounds like not fun to be doing that every day. Um, that's where I would say to them that probably being an indie author um, or a novelist is something that probably isn't for you. Because for me, I wake up passionate about doing that every day and really excited for it. And I think that for everyone, I wish everyone finds their passion. And for me, it just happens to be um, being a storyteller, getting a message out there and um, hopefully making people happy that way. But for anyone, there's so many awesome things to do that with whatever your passion is. Um, for most of us listening in, in, in this community, it's definitely writing. Um, I encourage everyone to just be kind of strict about that um, and 
set set goals that you hold yourself accountable to, um, whether that be a word count goal. I usually do that, um, or a goal in terms of like I'm gonna market this much an email this much reviewers um, by X date and hold yourself accountable to what works with your schedule. And ultimately, like I quit sports in high school. I do, um, I do less of some things like um, some clubs I'm not as involved in because writing is more important to me because no one can do it all, but you have to do what you feel is right and what makes you happy. And for me, um, I try and balance that out and it's just a day-to-day process with it. And um, for me, it works well. Yeah, it's really interesting, everyone, because we all beat ourselves up about not being able to do everything all the time. And you've already worked out a process for you by eliminating the stuff that I guess uh, that doesn't interest you. I'm impressed that um, homework still managed to get in there because I should imagine that that would be uh, monkey see, monkey do stuff at your level, um, and especially with your interest in science and, and the reading you do around that. Uh, we've talked about time management, and I think you've just given us a little crazy of tips for other writers um because just by talking about your own process you're you're actually making the rest of us sit up and take notice and go oh yes he's right we don't do that we get sidetracked all the time and especially getting sidetracked on social media especially going oh i'm just going to clean the bathroom before i get to my writing clearly you don't muck around with that stuff when's your actual writing time my writing time is from it's i get off of school it depends when classes let out because the teacher lets us out early um anywhere between three and three thirty and i'll write from three to three thirty mm-hmm. until five in my library at mm-hmm. school or some days um i'll come home and write it kind of just depends on the weather and traffic and how i'm feeling but that's my time right when the school day ends is when i um that's when my writing time is and that's just an everyday thing and during that time i don't really sometimes I listen to music when I write sometimes I don't some people have preferences with that but I don't look at my phone with social media in fact with social media because I feel like that's the number one distractor for people I only use it for business so I don't have any personal profiles so there's not like I'm checking in with friends or um, family members on there um, my network on social media um, is purely um, books and author related and that's healthy for me because I feel like social media in a lot of aspects can be um, definitely not good for people and can kind of distract away from that writing time every day and um, my marketing time it varies with how much homework I have but usually is from 10 to 11 um, 10 to 12 depending on the day but sometimes if I'm like trying to get a book out there and I, I need you know I'm trying to publish it the day to get it out like a week from now I'll do it first before homework because I love writing and I'll, I'll get the homework done later. It really just depends. Um, I prioritize per day what's most important to me. Yeah. Your English teachers must love you, Michael, uh, that you that you prioritise writing and reading over everything else. Uh, it's You know, they're the most important things in life. I, I tell my students, but they just ignore me and pay no attention. Uh, they are. Yeah, that message with social media, the rest of us, I know, you know, I scroll through, I waste heaps of time. Now, I noticed on your Facebook page, uh, your author, Michael Evans' author page, is it Michael, Michael Evans Inked, uh, you, that's heavily curated. Um, there are some amazing uh, images on there. So you take that part of it very seriously as well. You're already crafting your brand, aren't you? Yes, yeah, I actually, on um, Facebook, I've, gone away from using as much and more um instagram and youtube is going to be my main focus with um my target audience instagram i'm already using really a lot i i found out when i first got into social media i tried to do twitter facebook and instagram and 
I found out like I was able to do them and build a following on them, but that was a lot of work. And that for me, concentrating on Instagram is what's going to be best just because young adults typically are on Instagram. So for me, that's where my target audience is. But with across all social media platforms, I, um, I take pictures with, um, books and sunsets or, um, I'm big with nature because I feel like getting outside, um, is something that readers don't do enough and that non-readers don't do enough and just enjoying nature. And I think like when you put a book or, um, someone reading in a, a beautiful backdrop, it's hard not to go, wow, like, that's cool. I kind of want to do that. And it's a nice way to relax. And that's how I hope to get some non-readers in the, um, social media community um well, i shouldn't say social, everyone the non-readers because almost everyone's on social media now um to kind of go wow reading's kind of that seems relaxing i want to do that or for readers to kind of go oh i can go outside and kind of you know not just be in my room all day because i find with a lot of readers where we tend to be i'm a writer so writers readers kind of close-knit and we tend to be more introverted um and I think it's important to get outside, whether that's reading in a park and you can maybe meet other people who are reading or just other people get out into the world and um, just getting vitamin D from the sun. It's great. So that's what I, I try and kind of get that all out there because it's a lot of people will read as an escape from life. And that's a good thing. I think reading's one of probably the best escape besides for me, writing is the best escape. But um, I feel that if you're outside too, it makes it even better because if you're having a rough day and you're just sitting sit in your room at home or on the couch um, reading a book. You can kind of feel like, ah, uh, like, ah. Uh. Some days that's really relaxing if it's snowy outside and cold. But um, for me, I find that when it's nice outside to look at a good sunset, there's nothing, nothing better than that. And that's kind of personifies who I am. And that's why my social media is around those kinds of posts. And I think for other people, it's kind of just like what is kind of unique about you. Um, and how can you highlight that? Because most authors just post pictures of their books or, um, the normal, like on bookstagram, at least it's kind of like the normal, like shelfy picture. And it's like, what element can you add that's unique about you that can add valuable content to the community? Because beyond a writer, we really are, um, more just trying to impact people positively, their stories. I mean, that's what we want to do firsthand. And if we can do that with a simple caption on a social media post and make someone's day, um, or at least um, make it better. I think that's really awesome and really important and almost more important than selling books is to sell yourself first. Uh, I think that's what people miss is that people want to be connected to the writer and the storyteller. And if you can get someone to like you and then read all your books, it's better than getting someone to read your first book and then trying to go, oh, well, I have this other series because there's so many interesting stories, but there's not many interesting um there's not many people who make themselves seem like interesting storytellers when we really all are awesome, really not normal, but very exciting people. But it's hard to kind of do that when we're all trying to get boxed into what society tells us and what the norms are of social media. And that's why I say normal is boring. Break away from that because normal is not going to get you anywhere. No one wants to read the story of a normal author. They want to read the story of an author, of a writer who they want to be or who they admire or who they go, whoa. Who is this guy? Who is this girl? I want to. I want to find out. So, that's how I approach social media, but also everything with that mindset.
Yeah. Everyone, we just got a social media lesson uh, from a social media native. Now, remember our millennials and our Generation Z, they've grown up not knowing anything else. Michael, you're absolutely correct in what you say, uh, but it's amazing. I've never thought of it in that light before. Um, We do, and I'm talking about me, I do. You put up pictures of books, but you don't really sell yourself. Uh, So there you go, everyone. We we actually all need to revisit our social media um, marketing now. Thanks for that, Michael. Uh, And (laughs) moving moving right along from now going, "Uh uh-oh, we've made so many mistakes, Uh, moving on to financial mistakes. Now, you said, and I love this, everyone, early in his career, Michael has made financial mistakes. Now, remember, this guy's 16, um, and already you've got some savvy around um, how to do the indie thing right, haven't you? Yes, yeah, I am. I definitely now um, am a lot um, more... uh, I guess I should say my promotional tactics and way of publishing is more cost effective. But in the beginning, when I didn't really have a great idea of what I was doing, I definitely spent more money than I needed to. Um, and uh, I I work for, I guess the, the question would be like, oh, who's paying? Because I don't have like, I go to school, who's paying for getting this all started? And I do pay for it. I work um, I work actually um, at, at a resort near my house because I live um, in Charleston, South Carolina. So we, we live like... Um, it's, it's really nice, um, kind of tropical here. So, um, I love my job there and I still do work there. Um, but, um, because I, I definitely, I saved up for my first book and I, I published it through, this is a year and a half ago now. I published it through, um, a local publishing, like an indie publishing company, um, Palmetto Publishing Group, and they kind of took care of everything. And it was good, but I spent, um, three times the amount of money I needed to, um, doing it. It was it was like three thousand dollars to get like what was a hundred thousand dollar, a hundred thousand word manuscript published, and that was way too expensive. I didn't realize that at the time, but I just was like excited to get it out there, and um, I did not end up making my money back in that book. Um, and I realized that um, I never need to spend that amount of money again on making a book. So I then decided to um, republish the book under my own publishing company this fall and published the next two books in the series and the next four novellas. And I was able to do all of that cheaper than I was for publishing that one book because I was, I bought all the ISBNs. I actually have a pack of a hundred ISBNs. It's an investment at first, but I think doing that kind of stuff helped me out finding a, a editor who um, is low budget, but good. So I found an editor. Um, and in fact, I I'll recommend her to everyone. Cause she's great. Um, Claudette Cruz from, the editing sweetheart, she's someone who I found was very cost effective um, and did a great job editing my books. Um, so I wasn't overpaying for editing. Um, for cover design, um, I'm happy to share all this because, you know, I, I'm very supportive of people having good resources. I used um, Inspired Cover Designs, who um, is Domi. I don't want to mispronounce her last name because she's from, I believe, Prague. So I don't want to. Um, that name's not her last name. I probably can't pronounce right, but her it's inspired cover designs. And, um, for series, she had a very good discount deal where, um, I was pretty much able to get the covers half off and I loved her covers beforehand. Um, and it was just all that stuff. I was able to design my own logo for the back of the book, which helped out. Um, and it's simple for now because I don't want to, um, make it too complex until I have a very, very clear vision of the brand. Um, and, yeah, I was, that was just my whole publishing stuff that I did that made everything more cost effective. And in terms of marketing, 
what I did at first, and I'm not saying this doesn't work for every author, but there's kind of different tactics that people can use that some work for others, some work for not, you know, some don't work. And the first tactic I tried, I went all in on pretty immediately. So I decided to um, put my first book perma free in the series. And I spent a couple hundred dollars the first weekend getting downloads, which is a lot of money just to go put out there. But I was very hopeful it would work out. And I got a great amount of downloads, but did not get the read-through rates I was looking for 100 days after. So um, I recognized then that um, that that investment, I should have probably started off a little bit slower um, in trying that tactic. And now um, I put my books into Kindle Unlimited and am working with Facebook and Amazon ads and um, starting slower and slowly building up um, my cost per click. I'm sorry, not cost per click, my, um, my daily budget um, as... I learn what's working and what's giving me um, a good um, ACoS or on Facebook, which is getting me clicks. And then I try and uh, scale that up. And that's just a constant process. And now I've learned my lesson with that. But um, I wish I would have learned it beforehand. And I always have listened to podcasts too. Um, I was really like, I, I didn't just go into this blindly. I did go in with a lot of information, but still ended up making those mistakes. Um, so I guess for my main like uh, advice to people would be to take it slow and smart because um, there's definitely no rush to like um, get everything out there because um, indie authors, this industry is something that means a multi-billion dollar industry now. It's gonna it's here to stay for the very, very foreseeable future. And um, there's a stable career, stable income out there for all of us. Um, um, I'm, and you just kind of have to be on that slow grind towards it so that you don't make any mistakes like I did. But luckily, everything's good. Um, and uh, I'm thankful to have learned that way because I won't make those mistakes again. Uh, just, I guess you sound like a very seasoned indie author, which you which you have certainly put in some hard work already. Uh, and you say that there's a career ahead uh, for all of us. And, and that's fairly inspiring, isn't it? Do you find that you are constantly in the role of inspiring others? I think that kind of inadvertently I end up there because um, I'm not like, I'm a writer, not a motivational speaker, but I do find that I I get great joy and pride in giving people the ability to believe in themselves because um, I find that I naturally have um, believed in myself. Um, obviously, there's moments where we feel confident and not confident. That's, you know, roller coaster ride at points, especially being indie authors with, you know, you might have three days of good sales, four days of bad sales because book sales are, you know, the nature of the industry. Sometimes it just people aren't looking at your book one day. Sometimes they're looking at your book the next day and buying it. And I think that um, I um, have learned that to try and keep a positive mindset, not only for myself, but to spread that to other people, because it's getting that together we are boundless. I, is, as an industry, um, I want to see as many authors, including myself, succeed and do well, because this indie revolution that um, has already taken place in music, not fully yet, and is going on in writing. We tip, writing's usually typically five to 10 years behind the music industry, is far from complete. And um, there's so many amazing and beautiful storytellers out there who their stories deserve to be told. I want to read them, but a lot of other people deserve to read them too. And the, the thing I always have an issue with traditional, um, any sort of media, is that there's only one thought being promoted. 
Yeah, we've been talking for over half an hour, Michael, and you've blown me away as I knew this was going to happen. You have learned so much in such a short period of time. Your learning curve has been so steep and already you sound like the expert and I'm looking forward to seeing where Boundless takes us all. Uh, if you had to look, help out the rest of us, and I've got to tell you there's a few of us here, what are some of the critical things that we can do to accelerate our indie careers the way you've done yours? Yeah, so I think um, I have three main tips for, um, I think three is a good number when trying to give um, any starting guidelines for anything, but definitely for being an indie author and getting Korea started, three things. Um, the first one is trying to figure out what exactly is your dream and visualizing it every day. So for me, um, my dream is to become an indie author full time and have a sort of passive income off of it where I can have a team who's working on the marketing and stuff like that. And where my main goal is just focusing on writing and getting my stories out in front of people, like the fan interaction where like the, the background stuff of the publishing and a lot of the other stuff um, isn't really in my hands, but in a team of trusted people. Um, so I can have more time to really write more stories and get things out there. And that that's my goal. And um, I would like that in the next 10 years, because for me, I get out of college in five years and, um, I have another five years after that. It's just, that seems like a realistic goal for me. But for other people, that may vary. For other people, you know, it might be, I want to become a New York Times bestselling author, um, which is more than possible as an indie author. Anything's possible as an indie author. It might be, I want to write a 25-book series, like uh, the Catharian Gambit series. I think it's 21 books by Michael Anderley, um, one of you know one of the initial very famous indie authors. Um, that's definitely the first thing. Figure out what you want. And then the second step is to figure out how to get there. So there's so many different paths we can take as indie authors that I don't want to like say like, oh, there's one way because for like a romance author on um, Kindle Unlimited, there's a very different path than a science fiction author who's going wide. So once you figure out the path that you want to go to get there, just the general path, like, well, I'm going to be a science fiction author. I love science fiction books. This is my angle. Um, Try and get as many resources as possible. Contact as many people as possible. You get as many ideas as possible to go down that route and be very, very open to ideas and try, fail, try again, fail again, try again, and just keep going with it. And unlike me, um, take baby steps at first until it's working and then start running forward. Um, don't just run right into it and be disappointed. I think that um, it's great to recognize that you don't want to have, have yourself rely on one marketing um, tactic and say, oh, this is what's going to have to work out. Or this one book launch better launch my career. No, 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 no. There's so many different ways to go about anything. And there's so many different ideas. Something will work for you and your book and your series and your career. Um, it just will take time. And some people get lucky and it comes there right immediately. It doesn't mean they're a better writer or better anything than you. It just means they were at the right place at the right time. But for us, this is the right place and right time to be an indie author. We just have to find our own respective niches in it. So I would say definitely go online. There's so many amazing podcasts, like Writer on the Podcast, Writer on the Road podcast, and there's um, well productions, and there's then there's um, Mark Dawson, Self Publishing Formula is great. Um, Joanna Penn has a great podcast. Um, I could keep listing them for days. There's unbelievable podcasts, and also on story um, telling as well. Um, first one that comes to mind with me is the one that um, John Platt and David Truitt do, or Sean Platt and. Um, I'm getting their names all mixed up. Those three guys, they're good um, with um, Sterling and Stone. Um, great information out there. 
um, have an open mind when you listen to them and try and take in as much as possible. That's what I've done. I've just been a sponge with taking in information on the internet, um, which has made the internet's made indie authors possible. So I'd utilize that resource. And my third tip would be this, um, kind of going back to the author branding and stuff. Um, when you are selling a product, figure out what makes yours unique. What makes what makes someone not just want to read your book, but need to read your book, need to be a fan of yours. It's not a want, it's a need because as marketing as anything, the idea is to create a need for a product and creating a need for a book isn't as obvious as creating a need for a cell phone. You know, you can easily sell someone on the um, comfort of having, you know, to be able to contact anyone in the world in two seconds or be able to Skype like we are right now or, and talk on a video chat. That's unbelievable. But, um, we can still do that for books because books can transport people to worlds and give people just as much joy. Um, I think, as you said, writing and reading are the greatest things in the world. And it's just about showing that to people why your book is what they need in this moment. And um, that's something unique for every book, but that's the question you have to ask yourself. And if you can't figure that out about your book idea when you're writing it, um, I'd recommend either taking a different approach to your book, taking a different perspective, or possibly writing a different book. Um, because if you can't market it and figure out why you need it, why a reader would need it, a reader will never be able to figure it out. You're just hoping that 1%, 2% of people who see your ad will hopefully figure out why they need it. Um, 4% is ideal. If you could get 4 to 10%, you're in good shape. But um, yeah, if you can't figure it out, no one will. So that's kind of my three biggest tips for um, going about your career. And from there, as long as you're just showing it to more people, as long, you know, contacting book bloggers, um, I think is great outreach on social media, um, any way to get yourself out there, um, and demonstrate to people the need for your book, um, is how you go about building your platform and building a career. But you have to have that need and a vision first, because if not, you're just blindlessly putting yourself out there and no one's going to want to listen. Yeah. Now, everyone, that last five minutes, I will actually transcribe and I'll put that up there on um, my blog post as well, because that's just the best advice. Uh, now, you were talking, Michael, you're talking about Mark Dawson, Joanna Penn and Writer on the Road. Just let, just let it be known that I'm up there with the best. Uh, even only for a second, they're all mentioned in the same sentence. Guys, I take it. Uh, and the other thing that Michael was talking about, it's Sean Platt, and he wrote that wonderful book called Write, Publish, Repeat, which I think is a Bible for a lot of us and has been for quite a few yes. years now. So, yeah, just Google Sean Platt if you want. Oh, sorry, yeah, Sean Platt if you want to find out a little bit more about that. Uh, and that's the wonderful thing about podcasts, everybody. Uh, Michael, you clearly have surrounded yourself with some great mentors with those people, uh, and I wish you all the best for your writing. Uh, uh, but I just want to finish off on a personal note. You have um, an amazing support network in your mum and your beautiful, beautiful... Now, he's got a name. He's either a Labradoodle or a Labrapoodle or something. Uh, you, your mum, you, she's behind you every step of the way, isn't she? Yeah, she is. Um, she's been uh, the biggest supporter of me uh, since day one, actually. When I first um, got, like, when I first wanted to publish um and get my work out there um i had written two books at that point and um when my idea i was just writing for fun the pure joy of writing and uh, my idea uh, my desire had been now i want to kind of get my books out there see what happens i think a natural idea for a lot of us um and then i looked into it and quickly found out for me that boundless and that boundless mindset something that although i didn't have a firm grasp on yet 
which was then two years ago. Uh, yeah, two years ago. I didn't have a firm grasp on exactly what that meant to me. And I knew this, that being an indie author was a better road for me because the only way to truly be balanced, to be limitless, is to be in control of your own story, your own message. And that's what being an indie author is. So we're becoming boundless at this moment. Um, and for me, I chose the route to go down to indie author and naturally knew I needed some money to kickstart that career. And um, when that was going on, um, I, didn't have a, I, don't ha- I didn't have a car or ride to work. So my mom was the one driving me there um, when pretty much every day during the summer and um, on the weekends when I'd work, uh, she was the one taking me there. And uh, she still takes me to work to this day. Um, uh, sometimes I drive myself, but, uh, it's just, you know, she definitely has been there way every step of the way for me, not only with that, but with school supporting me with, um, the gap year that I'm about to take, um, kind of in with me kind of supporting, uh, me down my path. And I guess my pursuit of living boundlessly, um, which isn't always normal. It's normal is boring. So I've done things that, um, a lot of parents might go, wait, that's not really a good idea. Like you're, you're planning on taking a gap year and, you know, graduating high school early. I don't think that's like something I want. Like uh, you should just be a normal kid. But um, she understands that for me, that's not the best path. And I think for all indie authors, we all have an inherent desire to be different. And um, she's been my number one supporter in that and uh, really been great with giving me ideas as well. And um, I'm extremely, extremely thankful for that. And I hope all of us um, you listening at home have, um, someone, um, whether it be, you know, my, my, I have a cute dog, Sky, who's great, always supporting too. She's a golden doodle. Very, very cute. Um, have someone or something there for you. And if not, um, you have a great community of any authors. You can always reach out to me, um, mevansinc at gmail.com. Um, or you can reach out to, to Mel. You could reach out to, I, I, I can start listing off great indie authors. Uh, Cesar Torres has been a great guy to me. He's the author of the, um, uh, coil series and um there's some really great people out here where if you don't have anyone at home or um don't have a support system in your own life um utilizing the internet that you're listening to this on or the advice you're listening to this on you can connect with people and that's the way to use social media that's the way to use email not just looking at things but connecting so we're out there and um we could you know no promises anyone will be as good as my mom but you know we'll be there for you that is just so cool. Everyone, you've got to love your mother. Uh, now, I'm going to round it up now. Uh, I wish you all the best for your keynote speaking at the Young Eager Writers Conference, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. I, you are going to be inspirational. You're already inspirational. Um, I just wish you all the very, very best. And I'd love to invite you back on uh, back onto Writer on the Road in a year or so and just see how that gap year is going. That sounds amazing. I, I'd, I'd love to. Yes, I'd love to. Um, at that point, I'll be able to give everyone advice on transitioning from working as uh, an indie author part-time, uh, balancing schedule to diving into it full-time. And I'm extremely excited for that. Um, and I, I recognize that um, I guess I'm able to take this opportunity now, um, being that I don't have to um, have the pressure of fully supporting myself during my gap year, um, like a lot of people would to quit their jobs. So I'm extremely thankful for that. But, um, I encourage anyone who, uh, has an ability, um, to do that, whether they're making enough income off of writing or, 
um, can maybe, this sounds crazy, but I'm, I'm saying this, you could even move to like Belize. It's an English speaking country in Central America, costs a thousand dollars to live there a month. Um, I know it's, I know it's crazy, but that's the kind of the stuff that if you're looking to pursue writing full time and try it out for a year, see how it is. Um, those are the kind of stuff you can do. And I'm doing that in my own, my own way. Um, due to my age, I'm a little bit more flexible with that. And I, I don't take that for granted at all, but, um, I, I'd be happy to be back and give everyone my advice as, uh, I transition into that. And uh, I hope many, I hope by the time I'm listening to this, I know it's a lot of our dreams to transition to it full time. I hope many people are making that transition over the next couple months and this year with me. Hopefully, hopefully at least a couple dozen of us listening um, are going to become full time indie authors. And I hope for you, it's much more than a year. For me, it will be a year. I'll be in college after that, but I'm enjoying the year. That is so cool. Look, thank you, Michael. Thank you for your boundless energy. Um, I'm feeling a whole lot better than I was an hour ago too. It's, it's, um, your energy is infectious. I wish you all the best. Uh, keep in touch. And that's it from another episode of Writer on the Road.